This morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. Something that makes Suzanne uncomfortable, but it shouldn't, because God called her to this. Um, is that you know Suzanne as, as uh, the worship leader, you know Suzanne as uh, my wife, and just... I think a superstar, 24 years of an incredible marriage to the greatest lady in the world, um, raising two awesome kids. And when it came to Mother's Day, I, um, I said, you know, would you consider just speaking to us about, and you know, she's like, she's always kind of like, well, I'm not a preacher. And I said, you know, I know you're not a preacher, but I've watched you for now 26 years, been married for 24 and dated for two. And uh, I said, you know what? I don't know a person on the planet that I think is a, a greater example of what it is to be a great mom and a, and a person investing into their family. And that's not to take away from anybody else. It's just to say I've, I've seen it on the inside. And so I asked Suzanne to come in and to share this morning. And so, Susie, why don't you come on up here? Well, happy Mother's Day. And, and I'm sure I'm not the only mother in here who would say... Thank you for letting us be your mothers, because um, I always say one of my greatest joys in life is raising my children, and so, yes, we went through a lot to get you here, but it was worth it. <laughs> so, um, so like Mark said, um, many of you know that May is Missions Month here, and obviously today's Mother's Day, but this, the sermon or the scripture I'm going to use isn't just going to be for us mothers, because I realize that not all of us in here are mothers, <laughs> but it's going to relate to all of us because we all have family, and family is our primary mission field. How many of you believe that? Um, God is the one who instituted family, when we see it right off the bat in Genesis. Um, in Genesis 2, we see how God create, creates Adam and Eve, and then as time goes on, he says, be fruitful and multiply, so family is really at the heart of who of, of God's creation. It's his heart. And so we know that God's desires that all should be saved, none should perish. And so as mothers, as fathers, as, as children, siblings, um, we all have that heart. We should all have that heart of God to reach our families for Christ. So before we start, let's just take a minute and pray. Well, Lord, we just thank you that we have this opportunity to come before you today. And, Lord, we ask that as we look into your word that you truly would open up our hearts and our minds and our eyes just to see your work and the will that you have for us today. So, Father, just have your way in this place now, we ask in your name. Amen. So, when Mark asked me about sharing today, um, I think it was back in January or February, you know, I said yes, I would. Um, but I was very thankful I had plenty of time <laughs> to think about it. Um, and so I began praying and asking the Lord, you know, kind of the direction that he wanted. And one day in my quiet time, I was reading um, a portion of scripture that all of us know very well, and you'll see that in a minute. And I ended up focusing on the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And just very clearly a few points um, came popped out to me, so I wrote them down in my journal back in, like, February. And since then, the Lord's just been kind of um, percolating some things in me to share with you today. So I want us to start by looking into the um, book of Luke. Chapter 1, a very familiar section of scripture. And I did put the scripture up on the... TVs today because I know we don't have the Bibles in the in our chairs yet, um, but we're going to start in verse 26. 
And it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. In verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. In the story, um, we see that, obviously, Mary is engaged to be married to Joseph. And, obviously, she did not have plans of being pregnant at this time. Um, I'm sure she, you know, she thought her, the future was she was going to get married and then have children. That would be the normal, customary way. And so she, this was a surprise to her, not something she had planned. And I'm also quite sure that she never planned on having a child that would be hated just because of who he was, having to watch him be laughed at, mocked, tortured, beaten, and eventually killed. And I'm sure on that day when the angel spoke to her, she had no idea the journey she began when she spoke the words in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And this was the thing that really stuck out to me um, the day that the Lord kind of directed me in this. is Mary's response in verse 38 is really a model of the response that we are to have as Christians. If we look at ourselves as, as missionaries to our family, this is the same type of response that we should have. Mary believed the word that the angel spoke to her and realized that as a servant of the Lord, the best response she could have was a willing response because whatever his will was for her was what was best. So what can we learn from Mary and how does this even apply to us today? Mary can teach us a few keys on how to be missionaries to our family effectively. And I know some of you are going to get worried about time, but I did tell Mark, I was a little worried because this is kind of short compared to normal, so don't worry. <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, okay, so the first lesson that we can learn is that we must be willing to let the Lord lead us. One thing that really struck me from the, this passage, passage was Mary's willing response it could not have just developed in that one moment. You know, think about that. When the angel appeared to her, this wasn't, so Mary, this is what's going to happen. I'll come back in three days and check with you to see if it's okay. She didn't have time to really, you know, think. Mary's response was certain, and it could not have just developed in that moment. There must have been something in her life that instilled in her that confidence that doing what the Lord was asking her truly was the best thing. 
And this is no different than what should mark our life as um, Christians. Being a missionary to our own family requires that our hearts be open, willing, and obedient to what and where the Lord is leading. And I understand this is hard to live out at times. You know, when our decisions affect us as individuals or even as a couple only, it's different. But when our decisions affect our family, whether it's our children or our parents or siblings, nieces, nephews, um, and even in, in referring to family, I'm not talking about just biological family either. I'm talking about spiritual family because you can be a spiritual parent as a nursery worker, as a girls club worker, rangers, um, youth, children's workers, um, even just as another church member that, that a child sees. The, the interactions that you have um, give you opportunities and moments of investment, and that's family, okay? So when, our, when the decisions we make, um, when, when it's just us, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but when it includes our children or siblings or parents, it becomes a little bit harder. Um, when Mark and I were first married, um, we got married in June, and then we moved to Missouri, and we were just, this is what God wants, we're doing it. We graduated and um, went to Marquette, Michigan to start a church. And that was great. We were excited. And even though like, we spent our savings to start the church, we were just excited about what God had, and we were willing to, to give up whatever. Well, 10 years later, um, we had two children and they were nine and six at the time, that we felt the Lord leading us to come down to Cedarburg to restart a church. Well, that one was a little harder because I had children. We owned our own home. We had a paycheck. We had some health insurance. And all of a sudden, God's asking us to do something that required giving up the paycheck, giving up the house, moving in the, my brother's basement, um, which I'm thankful for, but, you know, it's a big change but giving up the comfort for my kids, giving up the church that they knew, giving up the school that they were familiar with and their friends. And that was a hard transition for me, but I did it. You know, okay, we can do this. Well, then a few years later was when we felt the Lord asking us to go to Cambodia. So that was a very hard thing for me because that required a whole different level of change. It wasn't just like moving, you know, to Milwaukee. This is overseas, away from everything. And so do you see, what I, you see where I'm going with it? The, the things that the Lord, the Lord will continue to ask us to do things to minister to our family, and we want what's best. You know, I, our family has been a priority you know, and my prayer since the day I found out I was pregnant with Josh was help this child to be um, to develop into a mighty man or woman of God. You know, that's my primary mission field. You know, and when God's and although I want God, I wanted them to experience God in all facets of life. When God was asking me and Mark to make a change or just me, it became a little bit harder. And so my heart had to be willing. I had to still sit back and say, Lord, am I really still willing to follow what you're asking, even though right now I don't see the big picture and I don't understand? So our heart needs to be willing, like Mary was willing in that moment, to say, may it be to me as you have said. 
The second lesson we can learn is that we must be willing to do what God's asking, even when it doesn't make sense. And in in our society right now, um, I think most of us would probably agree that our society tends to be pretty me-centered and kid-centered. Um, and we can get so caught up in that that we really lose sight of what God wants. And I see so many people planning out, it, whether it's their life or their child's life, without even asking the one who created them what his plan is for their life. Um, you know, when we come to Christ, we refer to it as surrendering our life to Christ. And that means we're surrendering our will and our desires and we're exchanging it for his. And um, when we do that in, in the society, it can be hard. Anybody agree? <laughs> it can, it, it's, it's counter-cultural. It, we have to change the way we think compared to what we're, we're, we're taught. Um, and the same thing with our kids. When our kids are born, um, sometimes I just giggle because I see people when they're having children, like even before they're born, they're like, well, they're going to go to this daycare and then this preschool and then they're going to get involved in this sport so they can get this scholarship and go to this college so they can be this. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> what about God? What about the fact that he has a plan for them and that when, when God entrusts us with the child, He's, that's, that's all it is. He's entrusting us to care for them and to follow his leading and direction and raising them. We've forgotten that God's way for our family member is best and for ourselves. And the attitude of Mary that says, may it be to me as you have said, needs to f- permeate every part of our life. This attitude should, f- should um, cover every aspect of our life. As missionaries to our families, we, we may be asked, to go places, we may be asked to say something or do something that really doesn't make sense to us, but we have to remember that God sees the big picture. We don't see the big picture, and so our role is to be that willing follower of Christ and to walk out whatever he's asking you to say or do or to be. The third lesson we can learn is that we have to be willing to trust God, and we see this trust in Mary from the very beginning of her journey. And this is in Luke 1, um, and we're going to read 51 to 55, but I'll just give you a little um, preface of what's leading up to this. Mary has this encounter, and then she um, leaves to go and stay with her cousin Elizabeth, and she's the one who was talked about in the portion of Scripture we read, who was older in years and was expecting. And when Mary um, sees Elizabeth, the baby inside of Elizabeth, which ends up to be John John the Baptist, leaps in her womb, and Mary um, recognizes she's pregnant with the Son of God. Okay? So they have this conversation, and then Mary starts singing a song. And this is just a portion of the song, Luke 1, 51 to 55. And it says, He has performed mighty deeds, and he meaning God. Um, He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. So, In this song, we see her recounting the truths of what she knows God to be. This is a sign of her, this is a revealer of her trust in God. Because if he was faithful in the past, he's going to be faithful now. 
um, to her reveal that he would take care of her and her child, the future, whatever that may hold. We see the trust lived out as she tells Joseph that she's pregnant, trusting God to work that situation out. We see this trust as she goes with Joseph to Bethlehem, knowing she could give birth at any time, trusting God to work out the details of where the Son of God was to be born. And we even see it in in, um, this trust when God directs them to flee Bethlehem and go to Egypt. Um, We don't read of any questioning. You know, if you think back in the Old Testament, like Abraham and Sarah, Sarah's, they're told they're going to have a child, and she laughs, and she doubts. And, and all through Scripture, we see different people question. We see them maybe try to take the, the plan of God into their own hands. We don't see any of that. We don't see questioning. We don't see pity parties, and we don't see a rejection of what God has. All we see in Mary is a willingness and a trust to follow whatever her Heavenly Father had for her to do. And we must have the same trust. How many of you know that there are going to be hard days when you do not understand the journey God has you or your family on? All of us know it. All we know is that we have a part to play in it and that we have to trust God. We, like Mary, have to recount the truth of who he is by recounting scripture, by recounting the ways that he's been faithful to us in our life. And we have to remember that he truly loves our family member more than we ever could and that his plans for them truly are best. In Psalm 139, um, verses 13 to 16, and this is the message version, version. I just really liked how it was paraphrased, but it says, Yes, you shaped me first, inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, your breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life all prepared before I had lived even one day. And then Jeremiah 29:11, my favorite verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The Lord knew your family member long before you did. And he had a plan laid out for them long before you did. And so we need to trust him to use us as he sees fit. Um, I'm going to preface, I'm going to tell a story, but any story I tell today, I have permission. Okay? So sometimes people will ask us after, do your kids mind if you tell stories? They really don't as long as we ask permission. <laughs> so so um, I learned this trust um, with Brett. Well, actually with both my kids, but this is the story that really stood out with me. When Brett turned a month old in the hospital with spinal meningitis, and we had just not a few months before that had a friend whose brother had passed away very suddenly from meningitis. So it was very, a very scary time for us. And um, after about a week, he came home, you know, and they had advised us, you know, that there could be some long-term side effects from the meningitis. And everything seemed to be fine. But when he got to be about two years old or so, we began noticing that there were some um, problems coming up, and we weren't sure if they were related to the meningitis or not. So we took him in and then um, found out that he had lost almost all of his hearing, which developed a speech 
um, delay. So he he really, Brett didn't really say a word to anybody but me until he was like four years old. And he had a very hard time communicating. So he went through ear surgeries and speech therapy all through his elementary school years and stuff. And so how many of you know how hard it is to watch your little child go through stuff? And when they're in school, it's difficult to watch them be made fun of. So for me, these days were very hard because I wanted to fix it. And I couldn't possibly see how the difficulty could be positive for Brett. And, you know, as a mom, you want to take things in your own hands, like talk to the moms of the kids who are teasing and, you know, the normal mom stuff. But I knew I couldn't do that. So what it did is it required that I really spent time with the Lord and ask the Lord, you know, what are you, what are you doing in Brett's life? What do you have planned for him and what, what can I do as his mom to help him? What, what role do I play in helping him? Because my, my desire was to see him develop into a mighty man of God. So during this time, the Lord led me to um, these two books, and I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're by Max Licato, You Are Special and You Are Mine. And um, I love these books. I thought they were, I mean, I really felt like they were a godsend for for Brett, just to remind him of, it doesn't matter what the world says about you, it just it matters what God says you are, right? So kind of a side note, Brett told me just a couple weeks ago how I would read him these books and then he would go to Josh and say either what's wrong with mom or what's wrong with me. So I didn't know that. I thought I was helping him. (laughs) But I would read these books to Brett and I just remember vividly sitting on his bed with him reading these books with just a lump in my throat and tears running down my eyes because my heart was so... um, it just so wanted everything to be okay for him. And I would ask the Lord daily, you know, Lord, touch Brett. Give us the right speech teachers. Give us, you know, all the right interventions for him and help him. And I can honestly say now that I look back and I see how those years of difficulty for Brett actually worked to cause him to be a strong man of God. Because I see in Brett a dependence on the Lord and like a depth of maturity in him with his walk with the Lord that I don't know would have been there if he hadn't gone through that. And during those those years, I had to trust the Lord that he had the plan. Because we all know that, that trials can make us better or they can make us bitter. And that was my concern. But understanding that I'm just a missionary to my family and I just play a part, I had to trust that God saw the bigger picture, and I believe he did. And so the fourth lesson that we can learn from this is that we have to be willing to walk alongside love and support during difficulties, but we have to let God be God to our family. One thing I'm learning, and I'm sure many of us in here have learned, is that as our children get older, we have to sit back We pray, we watch, we listen, and sometimes there's nothing we can do while they make decisions. Um, You know, in parenting, the way we raise our kids, at least this was kind of our philosophy, is, you know, when your kids are little, you you make every decision for them, when they're eating, what they're eating, what they're 
wearing, you know, all that stuff. But as they get older, you know, you have you have to give them opportunities to make those decisions on their own and, and walk through them, through that decision-making process with them, and then let them make those decisions and maybe have some consequences or whatever so that they learn how to make those, those right decisions, right? Um, hopefully, by the time they've grown up, we, we as parents and family members have really instilled in them that strong foundation of a relationship with the Lord, the importance of Christian community, and the necessity of seeking the Lord for his direction in every decision they make. In the Bible, we see the story of the Jesus' crucifixion played out in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We don't really read much of Mary, about Mary, during um, the crucifixion scene, but we do see her mentioned in John 19:27, And it, this is the scene where Jesus is hanging just before his death, and Mary and um, John, the disciple, were at the foot of the cross, and he says to Mary, here is your son, and to John, the disciple, he says, here is your mother. So although we don't read much about Mary other than at this time, I would imagine that as the mother, she was as much a part of that whole process as she possibly could, that she um, walked through, you know, we see the passion in different movies like that where we see where she's walking along. And I'm sure as a mother, she probably was um, there as much as she could. And like Mary, um, those were difficult days for her, and there's going to be difficult days for us. No matter what age or what the circumstance, we have to view our role as Mary viewed her role, that she was there as as God's um, instrument to raise Jesus, to minister to Jesus, and to walk with him through that difficulty, but she had to let God be God. She had to let Jesus go through what he needed to go through in order to come to that, that place of perfection. He was a son of God. But us, with our family members, we need to be able to walk through those times with our family members and allow God to be God and help them develop into whatever God has called them to be. We must truly seek God first. We have to seek his will. We have to know his words, and we have to seek his heart. Because that's what's going to leave the biggest impact on them. It's not what we think. It's not what we want. It's what his will is. It's what his words are, and it's what his heart is toward them. Our words can be powerful and impacting. And one thing that I was reminded of as I was preparing is about how our preconceived ideas or thoughts of what should happen in a situation may not be what God desires in a situation and can really interfere with what God has. I mean, imagine if Mary tried to intervene in the process that Jesus had to go through in his lifetime and tried to stop and hinder what God's plan was. Where would we be today? And that's no different than how we interact with our family members. Our preconceived ideas can actually interfere with what God wants to, to do in their lives. Um, there was a situation with Josh a few years ago that really brought this to light for me. And um, it was probably one of those, you know, in life you have a few of those aha moments. This was a big one. This comes back to me quite regularly. Um, Josh had developed a relationship a few years back that I was not happy with at all. And I did not think it was possibly the will of God and not at all beneficial for him. So, as any mother would, I began praying that 
God would somehow end this relationship by whatever means necessary. And if I was part of it, so be it. But, you know, and I mean, honestly, I've talked to Josh. I got permission to share the story. So um, so I really did. I, I honestly believed I was praying according to God's will. I really did. Until one day I was driving down the road and... Again, I was talking to the Lord about the situation, and I heard that still small voice speak to me, and it's and I just felt like He said, "How do you not know that I brought that person into into your into Josh's life because he needs you?" Me and to me that meant he, that person needed the Lord. It had nothing to do really with me or Josh. It was they need the Lord, and it just totally stopped me in my tracks and I thought I never thought until that moment that my preconceived ideas almost derailed what God wanted to do in that situation as missionaries to our families we need to be so careful not to allow these preconceived ideas to deceive us into believing our ideas are God's ideas we must truly seek his heart and know his word we know his ways are not our ways they're so much better. And I can honestly say today that I'm so glad that that relationship that I was pr- praying would end and whatever um, didn't end because that person has come to the Lord and is developing into a, a great follower of Christ. And what would I have derailed had I continued praying the way I had prayed or even been insistent to Josh? No, we're not doing this. So we have to be careful to allow, to walk with our family members through difficulties and challenges, but let God be God and be the one to speak. And the last thing I want to talk about is that we must be willing to forgive ourselves. So how many of you know you're not perfect? Okay, well, you know from the last story, I'm definitely not. If you didn't know it before, I'm definitely not. And so we all make mistakes. And I shared this with some people as I was preparing, but one story that I'm so happy to find in the Bible is in Luke 21, or Luke 2, verses 41 to 49. And it's when uh, Mary and Joseph had to go to Jerusalem for the Passover. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but Mary left Jesus behind for three days. Not a couple hours, not a few minutes. Three days. And I was telling somebody, I'm like, it gives me so much comfort. And that's almost wrong, I think, because I'm not saying that Mary made a mistake, because I think that that was part of God's plan for Mary, or for Jesus. But there's hope for me that if Mary, in leaving Jesus behind for three days, didn't derail him or deter him from what God's plan was, then there's hope for me. And there's hope for for my family members, because we do, as family members, because we love them, we do our best, don't we? As Christians, we do seek God's heart. We do ask what he wants, but we make mistakes. Um, There was a, a Brett was in kindergarten, and, you know, I shared earlier about he had this speech issue that was going on, and and this was kind of right in the middle of it. And he got a speaking part in one of his programs. And it was a big deal, very big deal. And 
I was the room mom for his class at that time, and I was always at school. And, like, if I had to be at something, I was there a half hour early. I mean, we, I was there, okay? So the day came for this program, and I promised Brett I would be there. The teachers knew I would be there. And we had company coming in from out of state. And I had worked it out, and I had told him I have to leave at this time to get there for, the, for Brett's program. So I left at exactly the time I was supposed to leave, only to find out that the program had been a half hour earlier. I was so devastated. I, I mean, devastated is probably not even the word, actually, because I knew what a big deal it was for Brett. And, yes, I cried. I know some of you can't believe I cry, but I do. <laughs> um, and I apologized to Brett up and down. And Brett really didn't have the problem with it. But I did. And I'm telling you, there are months went by where I thought about it day and night. I felt horrible, and I could not, like, get over the fact that I had let him down so significantly. And it really wasn't until, like, months later that the Lord was like, Suzanne, get over it. You got it. Sometimes you just have to say, you know what? I made a mistake, and I forgive myself, and I'm going to move on. And now that's kind of, you know, that's not a big um, big deal. I mean, it was a big deal at the time. But for some of us, it may be something that we said to a parent or to a sibling or something or um, an action, a reaction that we've, um, the way we've responded with our family members that we can't forgive. But we have to recognize we're all imperfect. And if we recognize, okay, I, I failed, I made the mistake, I'm going to apologize if the situation calls for it, give it to the Lord, ask him how to rectify it, and then forgive ourselves. The Lord wants us to grow through these opportunities because it, it will help make us better. It will help us to learn how to, to relate better with our family members. And I have to tell you, I had no intention of even talking about this today, but I really feel like there's those of us here that, that need to be okay with the fact that, you know what, I made a mistake. But don't let the enemy then hold you hostage in being able to be missionaries to your family because you feel like you don't have a platform to speak from because you made a mistake 10 years ago. Because that's what the enemy wants to do, right? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy Christ wants to bring life. And so let's choose to let go of the past and forgive what needs to be forgiven in ourselves and allow the Lord now to move in a new way through us. Second Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He has provided everything we need. We don't have to be afraid that we're going to fail again, that we're going to make a mistake again. We're going to make a mistake. But God's bigger. He gives us everything that we need to be missionaries to our families. So in closing, I want to ask you this. Are you willing to be willing? The definition of willing is to be ready, eager, or prepared to do something. Willingness to be a missionary to our families is a choice that we have to make every moment of every day. Are you willing to say to the Lord like Mary did, I am the Lord's servant. 
May it be to me as you have said. Are you eager to invest into the lives of your family members and your spouse, your children, your parents, your siblings? And are you willing and eager to do, to, to prepare yourself in any way the Lord might be asking you to this morning? As each of us choose to be willing, God will use us to reach our families for Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Well, Father, I just thank you this morning that, Lord, you've given us this example in Mary. That, Lord, we can just glean these, these few lessons from. And, Lord, I would pray this morning that you would give us hearts that are truly willing to trust you and to obey your leading in our lives and in our families' lives. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us those areas that we are not allowing you to move, those areas that we're holding on to and those areas that we're unwilling to move and and release to you. And, Lord, we pray for our families this morning, Lord, that you truly would use us to point them to you, Lord, that you would soften their hearts to, to you and to the things that you have for them. Lord, we pray that you would draw them as only you can do. Lord, you know what each one of our family members need. And we pray that, God, you truly would draw them as only you can do. And, Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to meet the needs in their lives that you've created us to meet. Lord, and that you would provide the other people, Lord, that they need in their lives to meet the needs that they have. And this morning, I just want to ask you, maybe you have family members you haven't thought of in years. Maybe you haven't wanted to think of them in years. Or maybe you have a strained family relationship. I just want to ask you to raise your hand if, you, if you're going to just acknowledge at this moment to the Lord, I am willing to be a missionary to them again. I'm opening up my heart today to be a missionary to my family if that's you today just raise your hand thank you lord lord you see the hands that are raised father and lord you know each each family member by name that is represented and father we ask lord that you would change us that you would change our hearts lord that you would make us all that you want us to be to them. Lord, I pray that you would bring their names back to our minds continually and that, Father, we would pray and we would seek your heart. We ask, Lord, that a year from now, Lord, next Mother's Day, that we can look back and we can we would be able to see the work that you've done in restoring relationships that we would be able to see the work that you've done in bringing and drawing our relation our family members to you lord that a year from now lord there would be healings in those relationships and so father we just commit them to you now Hallelujah. And so in closing today, I'm going to go ahead and end in prayer. But if you want to stay and pray for your family members or seek the Lord and just ask him to to soften your hearts, I encourage you to do that. So, Lord, I pray that as we leave this place today, that, Lord, these wouldn't be just 
words that are spoken and nice little lessons that we can learn. But Lord, that they would actually be things that we would apply to our lives in order to be used by you. And Lord, I do pray a special blessing over the mothers today. That Lord, today as they're with their children, that Lord, or or they're talking with their children, that Lord, you would help them to see the fruit of their labor. And Lord, just to be blessed by that. And so, Lord, as we go out from this place now, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be your missionaries to our families, to our workplaces, to our friends, and to the community and world all around us. Use us for your glory, Father, in your precious, holy, and mighty name. Amen.